Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 175 for the 15th of ER and a leap year. So do you ever go to a magic show and become so baffled with how it is that the magician did their trick? So I know this has happened to me quite often, and I, I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by magicians, by mentalists, and all of that. And some of them are really, really good. And it's really, it's it's like, it feels impossible to be able to really understand how it is that they're going about doing what they're doing. I have a friend actually who can't stand watching magic shows for this exact reason because it's just too annoying to her to not know how they did their trick and she'll spend hours googling it afterwards and trying to figure it out and all of that. There are some magicians who claim falsely that they that they're actually doing magic. The f- most famous example of this to my knowledge is in the case of Uri Geller, who he he would actually tell people that he was actually bending spoons with his mind and that he had actual spiritual capacities to be able to do this. Many people I know actually really believe that this was true because I guess back in the day, I think it was like in the 70s, we didn't have Google, we didn't have these things, so I guess it was much more believable. But even he has been eventually debunked. So we know that uh, there's there's a really good book and a movie. Uh, I would highly recommend the movie. The movie is called a- An Honest Liar. And it's a documentary that was put together by another magician named Randy, the amazing Randy. And he actually got very annoyed by Ori Geller, by the fact that Ori Geller was going around claiming that he was this doing magical things when he knew very clearly that he wasn't. And he felt that this was an insult to the magician profession. And the amazing Randy actually in the movie proceeds to show that he can actually do all of the same things that that Ori Geller can do. And he explains that he's doing a trick and he doesn't break down how he's doing the trick he doesn't give away his secrets but he does tell people clearly that he is just doing a trick it's just a trick of the the eye the mind and interestingly even though he will tell people very explicitly that he's actually doing a trick that it's not real it's not real magic some people will be so stubborn as to claim that he's actually lying in that regard and that he actually is doing magic and that he actually does have magical powers even though he claims that he doesn't so why am i bringing this all up and what is this how does this relate to tanya and what we're going to be talking about so i think that this very much relates to the fact that here in this world that we live in we tend to, just like when we look at magicians, it's like we believe what it is that we see in front of our eyes. And it's hard for us to imagine the sleight of hand that we don't see because it's done so quickly and with such skill. 
So too, here in this world, we see what's in front of us, but we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And some of us are more stubborn than others, and we refuse to acknowledge the fact that there's something going on behind the scenes, that there's a magician, so to speak, behind it all that's pulling the strings, that's making everything move. And this magician, quote unquote, obviously is God. And so if we go back to what we're, we've been talking about. So yesterday we talked about this idea. And just for context, again, we are still in the middle of chapter 48. Uh, we have a couple more days of that, of this chapter. And so yesterday we talked about this idea that for a human being, when we think about something, when we think about something that we did or something we're going to do or something we're doing right now or what we see in front of us, we visualize pictures in our mind's eye of these things. And we can say that these things are encompassed by our vision or that we are encompassing these things. But in truth, it's it's like we're not actually encompassing these things. We're encompassing images of these things, but these actual objects are not actually affected by us. And then we talked about that, how this is, we began talking about how this is in contrast to God and how when we talk about God encompassing the world or the world being encompassed by God, this is actually true. This is true and actual fact that we exist within God's knowledge and God's, God's knowledge exists in a way that he's actually encompassing us. And the Rambam uh, explains this in a very explicit way where he says that God is the known, God is the knowledge, and God is the knower. He's all three of these things. So whereas for us, we can think about different objects, we can think about different, different things. And these, while these things, these images might exist in our minds, the things themselves are separate than us, which is not the case with God. So when we go back to this example of the magician, so just like when we see the magician performing an act on stage, all we see is the object disappearing, reappearing, whatever it is, but we don't see the sleight of hands that's happening behind the scenes, even though that sleight of hands is all the magician's doing. So it's the thing did not vanish on its own. The thing did not reappear on its own. This is the magician who did who is doing these things. He is in full control of everything that's going on on the stage. So too is it with God, that God is actually the one who's vitalizing everything in this world. And so let's get into the Tanya text and see how the Altar Arba explains this. And today he's really going to focus on the earth and he's going to focus on really getting into that very basic um the earth, how, how it is that God actually vitalizes the earth in such a way that is totally, the earth is totally and a hundred percent dependent on God's vitality, but yet at the same time, God's vitality is entirely concealed as well. So the altar of it begins here and he says that we say about God, so so this is a continuation from yesterday. So again, this is continuing the idea that when we talked about how for a person, when we talk, when we think about things that we're thinking, like uh, images that we think about in our mind, we say that our mind encompasses the image or the image is encompassed by us. But then the ultra Rabbi here brings up a quote from Yeshayahu chapter 55, verse 8, which says, Ki lo that my thoughts are not your thoughts. So thus, when we give this analogy of our thoughts encompassing an, a concept or an object and the object being encompassed by our thoughts, while it's a good analogy to understand how this works with God and God encompassing the world, it's not perfect because when we talk about God's thought, when we say God's knowledge, that he knows everything and he He encompasses and surrounds every single creation from its head to its toe and to its inner core, to the very essence of what it is, like truly in a reality. So for example, like 
here the ultra gives an example of the earth of the actual like the orb of the earth the globe the earth so that this earth in which we live so god's knowledge of this earth it encompasses the entirety of the diameter of the earth and everything that it's inside of the earth the inner core of the earth everything in true actual reality and this knowledge Actually, it's not just like that God knows about the earth, but it's actually the vitality of the earth. And it's actually what brings the earth into being something from nothing all the time. However, this earth could not actually come into being something from nothing like that with a with way of limitations and infinitude. So it's, it's a finite earth, right? And it only has a little bit of of vitality in it so we don't actually see god in this and it and when we look at the earth itself it's actually it, it exists like what what makes up the earth it's made up of the vegetative and the inanimate aspects of creation so these are the lowest forms of creation so the only way that god could actually vitalize the earth in this way and that the earth could come into being is if it had many different contractions if god went god's vitality went through many 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 different contractions that contracted this light and this vitality to be able to be invested within, within this this earth in order to bring it about and in order to vitalize it and uh, and have it have these limitations and to be able to have this level to, to exist on this level of vegetative and uh, and inanimate. So that's the end of the section for today. So just to bring it back to the intro. So once again, so the only way again to, I hope, I hope this is a good analogy for you guys, but the magician, in order for the magician to do his magic trick, he needs to really contract the trick. He really needs to, like if he were to come up on stage and to show everybody what he was doing and to move really slowly and like, you know, like now I'm taking the coin, I'm opening up my sleeve, I'm putting it over here, there, you guys are looking here. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't, in order for the trick to work, he has to actually contract his himself. He actually has to really, really contract his, his, um, his vitality a lot in order to make the trick work. And so too with God, but all the more so it's like even way beyond our comprehension that since God, when we say that God encompasses the world, it's way beyond just like us encompassing a concept, encompassing an image in our mind. God actually encompasses the world. The world is actually encompassed by him. The entire world's vitality and its whole existence is a hundred percent dependent on God. And we'll get into this a lot more further in Tanya. But so when we say that the entire world is, is totally dependent on God, it's like, okay, so how does the world exist? How is it that we can have a world where the earth itself is just, it's, it's vegetative and inanimate objects. Like they don't, they don't even breathe. They don't move, and, you know, plants and, and uh, mineral life and all that stuff. It's because God's, uh, it, the only way this could happen is through, is if God's vitality were to be so extremely contracted, so extremely diminished to such an extent. So that is it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we conclude this chapter and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak Ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.